0: Let's get it going on the Locked On Royals podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. I am your host, Rylan Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore Stiles. That's at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. And on today's show, we're going to talk about the best weekend in Royals baseball since the World Series, and it includes the Royals being the winners of six straight baseball games. They're only a game back now of the Detroit Tigers for fourth place in the AL central, which is where many people hoped that they would finish as ahead of the Tigers. And they're going to have plenty of time to make up that game as they face the Tigers in two games uh, in the middle of this week and then in four games at the end of the season next week. So plenty of time to make up that ground with the Tigers. Still six and a half games out with playoff spot with only 12 games to play in the season. So the playoffs are dead, like the hopes of the playoffs are dead. Mathematically, not yet, but in reality, they're not going to get there. However, we've gotten the feel-good story of the season, and that is what happened over the weekend. I'm going to count Thursday as the weekend. As you all know, listening to Friday's show, I pre-recorded the Pirates preview before the Chiefs game, before the Royals game. That way I could just soak it all in on Thursday night and not have to record a show. And it turns out that the Royals wanted to play their best baseball game of the entire season uh, on that night. I thought we could get by with sneaking away to uh, Chiefs' Kingdom for a little bit, but instead, Brady Singer goes out there and almost throws a no-hitter. And uh, you know, this weekend again was the best weekend of Royals baseball since the World Series. Uh, there's no doubt about that. Uh, and their record against everyone but the White Sox is 20 and 19. Now, when you throw in the White Sox, who currently hold the best record in the AL, uh, they're one and nine against the White Sox, and that's how you get to where they're at right now. But against everyone but the White Sox, they're a pretty average ball club. You know, Twenty and 19. The problem is they just cannot beat the Chicago White Sox. And even while we got the feel-good story of the six-game winning streak and going on this miraculous run, and Alberto Mondesi, who we'll talk about later on, and Brady Singer, Brad Keller showing up, Chris Bubish getting his first career win. We'll talk about all that coming up. Even while you got all of those feel-good stories out of the way, yes, you've made up some ground. Yes, you're six and a half games out of the playoff spot, but you only have 12 games to play. And you're still within reach of that number one overall pick. You can still tank. Now, it's going to be harder now that you just swept the Pirates, so you might not get the very first overall pick, but you can still catch up to the to the Red Sox if you do want to tank. Uh, but that also seems out of reach, so you've kind of done, in a way, the best weekend in enroll baseball uh obviously ends with you feeling kind of just stuck in the middle because you're also not good enough to go to the postseason. You're not bad enough to get that top pick with that Vanderbilt pitcher who everyone loves uh, in the draft who is going to be a stud. You're not. You're just kind of stuck here where you're like, okay, well, no playoffs, no four-star pick, but still you'd rather have a weekend like this, I guess, than uh, where you lose six straight again. So for the Royals, we go back to Thursday. We're going to start with Thursday and work our way forward to the present day, which is an off day for Kansas City. Brady Singer takes a no-hitter into the eighth inning uh, while the Chiefs drop a championship banner, which was the best sports night in Kansas City uh, possible. He goes eight innings, one hit, two walks, eight strikeouts, and then, of course, the Royals won 11-1 because, of course, Matt Harvey gives up a run. But Brady Singer in that game showed you everything. He showed you what he can be in the future. He showed you why he was my Rick of the Year pick. He showed you why uh, he was someone who I've tabbed as a guy that can go win a Cy Young. Uh, For him, he had the ups and downs this season. Thursday night was exactly what everyone has talked about with Brady Singer. It's exactly what everyone saw in Brady Singer. And he put it on display on Thursday. Of course, consistency, duplicating that, etc., is is going to be important. It's going to be the main factor here. But you saw he has big league stuff that can get guys out and and that can play at the major league level. And it was funny after the game saying that, you know, Brady Singer kind of felt the no-hitter pressure in the third inning. Relax a little bit, Brady. I think that you're going to have many games in which the other team does not have a hit against you after three innings. You kind of not feel that pressure It's like the fifth, the sixth, the seventh, then you can start feeling that pressure because I think that many times in your career, Brady, you're going to have a game in which you give up, a, you do not have a hit against you in the third inning. But that's just the kind of guy he is. He's a high motor guy, high energy guy, very intense. And you know, even though he says he had felt the pressure in the third inning, you know, he he felt that he had no you know no hits given up. He realized it in the third inning. He didn't look it on the mound. I mean, even even up until he gave up the hit, his demeanor never changed, and that was. A very positive sign to see from Brady Singer, and they take care of business against Cleveland. And then you go to the Pirates series, and the Pirates series is where things got crazy. Friday, you won a four to three ball game. Chris Bubich gets his first career win. He goes five innings, six hit ball, uh, and then only gives up the one run on those six hits, six strikeouts, and two walks. Chris Bubich was fantastic on Friday. On Saturday, Kyle Zimmer goes out there and gets his first career win and he goes two of the third innings of shutout ball after Carlos Hernandez gets the start and goes three innings and gives up three hits and three runs. Uh, Hernandez, I still like. I wonder what the role will be for him moving forward. I think he's more of a bullpen guy, but I wonder what Kansas City wants to do with him moving forward. I assume that they want him in the bullpen, There's just kind of a weird scenario in which you're kind of running out of starters to throw out there, and you don't want to throw out there Matt Harvey again. So I'm fine with starting him in this game. But I think that he's more effective coming out of that bullpen. But he's still, you know, what, 23 years old? I mean, he, there's no there's no sense in pigeonholing him to any specific area uh, by any means. But I do think that Carlos Hernandez is more of a bullpen arm. But it was good for Kyle Zimmer to get that first career win. Wins don't mean anything to me. Uh, I don't judge a pitcher based on how many wins he has uh, versus losses. I think that that stat is very arbitrary and very irrelevant. But it's no question... That a guy like Kyle Zimmer, who has struggled his whole career, who was a a highly-touted prospect, never lived up to the billing, feels the pressure of that every single day. And then in this season, he's having his best career season ever. He's truly looking like the guy that that you thought he could be. Obviously, not being the starter you thought he could be, but still, he's being a very effective bullpen arm for you. And as I mentioned before, unlike Bubba Starling, unlike any of these other guys who they keep around, these older prospects... Kyle Zimmer, even though he's 29 years old right now, can still stay in the big leagues for a long time as a bullpen arm if he can continue to do what he's doing this season. I mean, this season he has a 1.35 ERA in 13 games and 20 innings pitch. He's had a good season. I mean, for his standards, for what he's been doing his whole career after being a fifth overall pick in the 2012 draft, what Kyle Zimmer's been able to do this season has been awesome. And so for him to, to you know cash that in, with his first career win is huge. I, I am happy for Kyle Zimmer to get that win. It's a big deal for him. Again, the win stat in general to me means nothing, but in specific instances like this one, it is kind of big to get your first career win, of course, and especially for a guy like Kyle Zimmer who has truly battled. And he's been bad in his career in the sense of he's not been the fifth overall pick. That, that is clear to say. He doesn't, He he gets drafted in 2012, doesn't make his debut until, what, 2019? Until 2019, he gets into uh, 15 games and goes for 18 innings in that that year. Obviously, he's not the starter you wanted. He's not the ace you wanted. And it's been a grind for him. That cannot be easy on you mentally, emotionally, physically, whatever. And for him to come back this year, regroup as a 29-year-old, as a failed prospect, and put that all aside and say, you know what, I'm not going to be the ace of the staff like I thought I was going to be. Kansas City's not going to be the place where I, I win Cy Youngs and do whatever, but I can do my job to the best of my ability. He goes out there at the bullpen in a, in a role for him, a design for him, tw- uh, 20 innings pitched, let, at a sub-2 ERA after 20 innings. That's beautiful. I mean, and that's what longevity can look like for Kyle Zimmer. He can be a guy in this bullpen, and the bullpen has been much improved this season, and Kyle Zimmer can do that. I am uh, I'm happy for Kyle Zimmer. I really am because he's taken a lot of heat from everybody uh, and, and he deserves a moment like Saturday. So good for Kyle Zimmer, uh, great season for him. And again, he is unlike most older prospects. He's someone I think that can have a, that can have some success in the big leagues moving forward. Uh, if Bubba Starling went on a 6 game hitting streak, it wouldn't matter. He's not a part of your future. Kyle Zimmer with so many bullpen spots to fill, he can be a part of your future even at 29 years old. So I really like Kyle Zimmer. Um, I'm glad that he was able to find that success on Saturday. So I want to take about our good friends over at Bill Bar before we get into the rest of the weekend, including uh, Alberto Mondesi's fantastic stretch of baseball and my guy, Edward Liviaris and how great he's been for Kansas City. But I do want to tell you how great Built Bars are for you because Built Bars are fantastic. They are a protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar with six new flavors, caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp. Built Bars are great for the health-conscious guy losing or maintaining weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, great for the keto diet. I love Built Bars. They're great for pre-workout, post-workout, or even as a meal replacement. You're going to want to get your hands on some built bars today, trust me. Go to builtbar.com, use promo code locked on, get ten dollars off that next order. That's builtbar.com, use promo code locked on and get ten dollars off that next order. I cannot recommend of those original flavors, unlike you know of the original. I cannot recommend the banana nut bread enough, uh, but the new flavors, I've got my eyes on the cookies and cream. That can really overtake the banana bread flavor. But again, builtbar.com, promo code locked on, get ten dollars off your next box of built bars. And then on Sunday, the Royals win 11 to nothing behind Brad Keller's incredible game. We're back on the Lockdown Royals podcast, a part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your teams every day. I'm your host, Rylan Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore Stiles. Brad Keller was phenomenal on Sunday. Royals win 11 to nothing. Uh, Keller shuts the door and gets a complete game shutout of the Pirates, gives up the five hits, one walk, two strikeouts, but no runs, of course. Brad Keller was phenomenal and once again proves that he has etched his name in the Royals pitching echelon. You've, you've, You've heard of Brady Singer, of course, Chris Bubich. You hear Daniel Lynch's name get tossed around. You hear Jackson Coart's name get tossed around. And in that group has to be Brad Keller. He's not the flashy prospect name. He's not, you know, going to find his name on any of the top young pitchers in baseball. Although he should, he's going to be a part of this rotation and a top three guy in that rotation the next time Kansas City wants to actually compete. And he showed that again. I know it's the Pirates lineup. I know that it's it's the Pirates and whatnot, and they're terrible. But he's been doing this all season long. So credit to Brad Keller, uh, and especially going the nine innings that really helps you because you got the nine innings from Brad Keller today, actually on Sunday, and then today you get you got the off day that really helps your bullpen a ton because, as you know, on Saturday you had to use a lot of your bullpen guys with your starter Carlos Hernandez only going three innings. So credit to Brad Keller for helping out the team, of course with a shutout win and saving the bullpen arms. But I do want to talk about the artist formerly known as Raul Mondesi who ended his nine-game hitting streak on Sunday. Uh, goes over 4, I believe, on Sunday, uh, but ends his nine-game hitting streak. And he's only the second player in Major League Baseball history since the 1900s to record a home run and a steal in three straight Games in the month of September. Raul Mondesi, ours only known as Raul Mondesi, he's now Alberto Mondesi, goes for a 273 average, a double, four home runs, 12 RBIs, four walks, only 18 strikeouts so far, and eight stolen bases with a 333 OBP. Mondesi struck out 30 times in August for reference to that 18 strikeout number. He struck out 30 times in August. Still, some time left in in September. Uh, again, still 12 games left in September, uh, but only striking out 18 times so far. Especially if that was you know including the earlier part of September where he didn't have he didn't have like the the hot streak he did the last couple of weeks. So credit to Mondesi for getting some momentum heading into it. In August he was only batting uh, 179 for the month. This month of September he's been absolutely on fire, including those home runs and the doubles. Things like that have just been great to see for Mondesi. Hopefully. It's something he can take into this offseason. Now, does the nine-game hitting streak, does the home run streak, does does any of that mean he's fixed? Does any of that mean that he is uh, absolutely positively a part of this core, a part of someone you can rely on, a part of someone you can build around? No. It does not automatically mean he's fixed. However, it's a good start. It's a very good start. The... Most encouraging sign from Modesty so far has been his, his health. He's been healthy all season long. I know it's a 60-game season. I know it's not the grind of a 162-game season, but he's at least been healthy. That's number one. The September that he's on right now has been the second best thing of, of his season. Now it comes, the, the, the first question about him was about can he stay healthy. Now the question shifts into can he be consistent. Can he do this, you know, not just in the, in the late, days of September where the Royals are out of it and teams are kind of overlooking the Royals and then you go beat up on the Pirates. Can he do this from game one to 162 next year? And I would understand skepticism. I would also understand a ton of positivity on both sides. I think that you should meet somewhere in the middle. The only concrete thing that we know about this hitting streak is that it's a good thing. It's not only a good thing for uh, this season. It helps you win those six straight games, but also it's a good thing to go into the offseason with, hey, I can hit big league pitching. I'm going to spend all offseason training and working. And then next spring training, you feel more confident. And confidence is is the biggest factor in baseball, I think. So having that confidence taken in next year is big for him. Again, is this going to be the player he is? Is a 273 average with four home runs, you know, uh, 12 RBIs, four walks, eight stolen bases, is that going to be more of what he is? Or is he going to be closer to the August numbers? It'll be interesting to find out. And I don't think that there's a true answer just yet, but it's a good sign. Now, again, don't, don't take this September and think that this is who he's going to be now and that he's totally fixed and totally perfect, but also don't don't undermine what he's done in September. It's somewhere in the middle. The basics of it is it's great that he has confidence now. It's great that he is confident against big league pitching and he can take that into the offseason because you'd much rather him go into the offseason on this high of a high in September than when he's striking out left and right, he can't get above the Mendoza line. Everyone in, in Kansas city is calling for his job things. You, you'd rather have him do what he's doing right now in September, because the bottom line is no matter if you think Mondesi is the guy or not, he's going to be the guy next year. So you might as well have some confidence heading into next year. And then we can talk as we end the show about my guy, Edward Olivier I cannot believe, I just cannot believe that Dayton Moore in Kansas City got a guy of his caliber for Trevor Rosenthal. That's not to discredit Trevor Rosenthal as a player, but for a guy in which you really took on as a reclamation project to flip him into Edward LeViers, who I've seen in Kansas City be someone I feel comfortable with saying he's going to be an outfield piece for this team for a long time, long time a top 30 prospect in that stacked Padres organization. Again, that is no that is no small feat to be a top 30 prospect in the Padres system. Edward Olivieris in Kansas City is hitting 347 with a 350 OBP with a 579 slugging percentage with two home runs, a walk, and he has just been fantastic. He has been fantastic with seven RBIs, a triple, and a double. He already has more at bats in Kansas City than he in San Diego, and he has been phenomenal with each and every one of them. He's is on an in- incredible hot streak right now for Kansas City. And I think that the crowded outfield gets even more crowded. I mean, you look at you look at Edward, you look at Khalil Lee, you look at Kyle Isbell, they have Nick Keith back in the fold now. They called him up over the weekend and sent down Ryan McBroom, which we'll get into that conversation tomorrow, uh, But which I, I just don't understand, but we'll get into that tomorrow. But Edward Livieres has put his name in the hat of, of future outfielders because... Whether it's this offseason or next offseason, you're losing Gordo. You need to usher in the new era of Kyle Isbell, Khalil Lee, and now Edward Olivieris. What do you do with Hunter Dozier? What do you do with Whitmerfield? There's a lot of questions about the outfield, but Edward, I think, is someone you can be comfortable saying is gonna be a part of the plan. Is he gonna be your everyday guy? I think he can. I think that that is his ceiling. Is an everyday reliable outfielder that that can provide in your lineup, not provide in the in the top three, but still provide in your lineup. And I think that the floor is a nice, incredibly good backup outfielder, fourth outfielder. That's the floor, and you got that on a young, controllable contract. You've got a young, controllable piece that is, at the worst, going to be a huge upgrade to your fourth outfielder right now and going to be someone who you can rely on as a fourth outfielder when you want to contend for Trevor Rosenthal. Great trade by Dayton Moore not to not to do what he's done in the past and look at this team and say, oh, well, we're five games out right now. We never know if we can make a run. No, you couldn't make a run. Even the six-game winning streak is still has you – well outside the postseason, you make that trade and you get a guy like Edward Livieras, who I feel is way closer to that ceiling than he is that floor. I think he's way closer to be your everyday outfielder who makes fans love him and and fans buy his jersey than he is as a nice little fourth outfielder. And still, a young, cheap, controllable fourth outfielder, great return for Trevor Rosenthal. For one year of Trevor Rosenthal, great, great return. I think he's going to be way close to that ceiling. I have loved Edward Liviaris since he put on a Royals uniform, and he has looked great. On tomorrow's show, we're going to preview the Tiger series and also talk about some roster moves the Royals made over the weekend, like sending Ryan McBroom to the alternate site. But that's for tomorrow's show. Thank you all for listening. Follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore Styles. That's at R-Y-L-A-N underscore Be good and be good to one another. We'll see you next time on Locked on Royals.